<laughs> hey, everybody, how you doing? This is Jeff again, and I'm here with Rob Scott, and uh, we're picking up where we left off. We're going to be talking about some of the things that uh, we talked about before and, and discuss a little bit about where limits come from and how um, you know your subconscious is, is kind of the root evil of all that and, and some of the tricks and treats we can do to, to combat that. Um, so, Rob, if you would, just kind of take us into that a little bit. Yeah, I think, I think the interesting thing uh, that we talked about before was that our, the limits that we have in our mindset are not chosen by us. They are set on automatic, and we kind of don't know where they come from. And if we haven't built that awareness engine, if we don't know how to become aware of our blueprint, our mental mindset, if we don't have that set up, we end up being almost a victim of our own mental mindset, right? So not knowing where that comes from, it's really useful to figure out in life where this comes from. And I want to make a couple big statements. First off, when you master your mindset, when you actually figure that out, what's really interesting is that your greatest weaknesses can become your greatest strengths. And so that's an interesting concept. I hope we can get into why that's true. Yeah. And I could I could tell a story about that for myself, right? I used to be paralyzed at public speaking, like like totally phobic. And phobic is different than afraid, and it's different than anxious. I mean that if I heard that there was going to be uh, a speech coming up or something that I would have to do in class or whatever, it would ruin months of my life. Like I would be constantly in a state of panic, unable to do it. Part of this was because of a lot of the – um, abuse that I went through, I had to create this kind of fake persona. I didn't know this at the time, but I, I had built up this kind of fake I'm cooler persona and knowing that I would have to get up in on you know in the front of the class or in some situation and give a give a talk, uh, I knew that my voice might shake and it was it was literally unacceptable to my psyche to look out of control like that. It would like I couldn't be weak like that in front of other people. So this fear about it just became Humongous, and by far, I would say that was one of my biggest, um, you know, active kind of limits or mindset changes that has changed my life. Because now, public speaking is not only something that I adore; it's almost the entire purpose to my life. And right, right. and so what, what's interesting is that, and this is this is not just me. This is across. This is repeatedly what happens. That if you can heal your greatest limits, the things where you feel most stuck, where you have um, the most issues about it, when you can actually learn to heal that, it, it literally feeds in to your greatest strength. Um, so, 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 Rob, yeah. you, and I, you and I go way back. Okay, I've, I've known you since we were little guys kicking around you know, pre-K. Um, through, through our years, all the way through fourth grade and stuff, you always did have kind of like a little chip on your shoulder and kind of like you know, carrying that, that persona you just spoke of. So uh, is it fair to say that this is something that started way, way back then? Um, absolutely. I mean, you know, we should we should probably go into into my story a little bit later so people can understand why this is so powerful for me and how I sure. figured it out and all, all that stuff. Um, just to share a little bit of that, uh, as a very very little guy, I was going through a lot of abuse, and so uh, figuring out how to protect myself and how to kind of put push people away and intimacy issues and all that stuff was really really uh, difficult for me, and so you know, being able to fight and being able to protect myself kind of became important. And so when you're right. talking about, you know, second, third, fourth grade, me having a chip on my shoulder, that was me going home to a house where things weren't entirely safe, right. uh, you know, being affected. 
Yeah. I'm not trying to take away from the from what you're trying to say. I was just trying to kind of relate to it for people to say, you know, you know, if this didn't happen like in over the last year or two, this is something that's been gradually going on for for most people's lives since they were born and as they were raised as a child into their young adolescence. You know, they're they're learning things subconsciously. That's Absolutely. These Absolutely. So let's let's lighten it up a little bit from like abuse and craziness to like what <laughs> what other people might might, you know, just much more normally deal with. Right. Imagine sure. being in middle school and uh, you and I went to a school at the time it was all boys. But like imagine going to school with girls. Right. And, you know, you go and you ask a girl out and she says no. And she says no in front of a ton of people. And you become incredibly embarrassed in that moment, which is very natural. Right. right? Like, yes. Yeah. Rejection is is in it's, our it's DNA. never happened to me, but I can see where you <laughs> might have that experience. Yeah, no, I I also have never ever had any rejection <laughs> in my life, so I'm well, just making up I'm making up fiction here, right? So, but no, we all know what that's like, right? And yeah, another one absolutely. would be another one that comes up with clients that I deal with a lot. It's actually it's more frequent than you think, and it's it's happened to me. Um, cheating on a test as a little guy. And getting caught, right? Like having having the teacher catch you with the calculator between your legs, doing the math problems, um, and then getting called out, and then being paralyzed by fear from that later in life. Now, if that's yeah. not specifically something you deal with, you know, then it's not. But having people, uh, we end up having these experiences that happen to us, and they massively affect our behavior. So if I if I think about getting rejected by a woman. I make meaning out of that in all kinds of different levels. I start to think to myself, um, you know, maybe girls don't like me or maybe just if I approach and I risk something, that might mean danger, right? So right, our subconscious right. mind absolutely gets set to protect us, to keep us safe. And so in today's world, when we have these emotional outbursts, right, we end up making rules, subconsciously that we're not aware of that that this means I might get hurt this means that I might you know this is dangerous so going out and having a sporting event and having something happen where you missed the pass or it was embarrassing you know you may not want to put yourself out there as much next time and that starts to get reinforced across different parts of your life does that make sense yes it does it does that you start setting up the pillars of saying well you know I don't do that because I I could get embarrassed if I actually asked another girl out in front of people, so I don't even go there anymore. Right. You know, or, or I don't want to play football because, you know, obviously I missed that pass, and I don't want to certainly do that again. Yeah. So what happens is we end up getting stuck into what our rules are, what our rules about life are. And for us, they feel like they're true. They feel like they're absolutely factual, right? So right. I go through and I say, you know what, girls don't like me, or I'm not attractive, or whatever, but not only that, it gets mapped across other areas of our life. So maybe guys don't like me either, so I can't really uh, have close friendships. Maybe I'm not going to be good at this interview, right? Because if I go after this interview, there's something similar enough about that that I, that I get scared and kind of shut down. And we start to not challenge that fear, and so we get what's known as learned helplessness, okay? So I should probably explain learned helplessness uh, for a little bit. There's... Um, really great psychological concept that's shown in one example would be an elephant, right? If you take a baby elephant and you tie it up with a rope that it can't get away from and you put it to a stake, and this is literally how they train elephants to stay, you, you tie a baby elephant up with a rope that it can't move. It learns that when it gets to the end of the rope, it can't move. You don't really ever have to change the strength of that rope. If the elephant grows up, 
to a to a very strong level where it could totally tear the rope out. Um, it just learns that it can't go further and it stops trying. It's called learned helplessness. It just it doesn't right. anymore test the edge of what it's capable of doing, and it stays within its limits. So you can actually take a very thin rope, tie up a, an elephant that's learned that, that's been taught that from from a young age, and it won't pull the stake out. It just doesn't move. So, like on a personal level, I mean, you're basically saying, like, as parents, you know, when you, if you if you call your son or daughter stupid all the time, don't be stupid. You're being stupid. You know, and it's a constant reiteration of, you know, this is what I think of you. That child would certainly start to feel that maybe they're stupid. But on the flip side, I know, you know, a lot of parents might be, you know, building their child up. You're a star. You're awesome. I love you. You know, constantly. And that kid or child uh, grows up to have such a more more well-rounded uh, sense of self and confidence, you know. And that's – is that kind of like what learning behavior is right there? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. So so that, that feeds into it. And neither of those are necessarily um, right because we can actually be told we're stupid and we can resist it. Uh, sure. We can be told right. we're stupid and we can accept it. Um, we can be told we're amazing and then go have an experience where we lose a race or something and go, wow, my parents aren't telling me the truth. I'm not amazing, right? So it, it's not just a hard and fast rule. What you want to do is 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 love and care and give attention to a child so that they have a real relationship to success and failure and all that, and they realize that success and failure don't define their worth, right? That This is a, a whole other concept of when we have a sense of self that is full of self-worth, um, where we feel valuable when we go and do things. What we do with learned helplessness is we learn these limits that are not necessarily real, and we get stuck holding ourselves back with our own thinking. And what I want to, we'll probably have to do this in a whole nother talk, but our beliefs to us are true, okay? We actually, if I ask people, it's, it's the because, right? If I ask people, well, why can't you do that? They will say, because... I'm not good enough or because I'm not good looking enough or because I'm limited in some way that is this learned helplessness that they've given. I want to give one other example of that. Um, you can train fleas to not jump out of a glass, right? Fleas can jump hugely high, all that. You trap fleas in a glass and you put saran wrap over the top, they jump and they hit their head. They start to learn this ceiling on the glass that they can't get above. They totally could if it wasn't there, but they learn, and they'll start to jump to right underneath it. And as soon as you start to see that they're jumping to right underneath it, you can take off the plastic wrap, and they will not jump out. They have learned that that's as high as they can go, and they don't jump into the top anymore. They don't. They, wow. they can get right out, but they don't, right? Right. So it's another example of learned helplessness. So this, this idea was put uh, through psychology onto what happens for people who are depressed, for people who uh, deal with anxiety, for so many psychological issues that we deal with. And I, I think this Mastering Mindset series, we, we should state that we're going to be going into a lot of really deep psychological things, cognitive biases, kind of what is the blueprint of our brain? What's our mindset that we're, that we're dealing with? If you're set to have learned helplessness because uh, a friend at school hurt you, because you learned something from a parent, because maybe you went through abuse or addiction. Maybe you had a lovely life, but some little thing happened, like somebody goes, wow, uh, she looks fat in that dress in middle school. All of a sudden, you don't have the same confidence. That one little meaning right. Right. makes a rule and changes your whole mindset, right? Yeah, severely impacting the rest of your life. Yeah, right. and and so we have to figure out how to alter that. We have to figure it out. So, you know, where this started was 
where do these limits come from? And and they come from lots of other places, but I've given some examples of mm-hmm. it's really the socialization of the human, right? It's it's our when we get socialized, when we deal with our family unit, and then we go out and we deal with our friends and we deal with teachers and we then deal with coworkers and all that. We're making these rules up, but we're doing it unconsciously, and we're doing it because we end up trying to protect ourselves because we're trying to survive. Um, A topic for another talk that I want to do is talking deeply about not only the power of the subconscious, but what the subconscious is here to do. And I'll just tell you that it's trying to do two specific things only. And because of that, we are incredible at survival. We are not very good at thriving and having happiness in our life. Our conscious mind that wants to create happiness and fulfillment is has a massive challenge of overcoming what's going on in the subconscious mind. And so there are shortcuts to changing the subconscious mind, which literally changes that learned helplessness to, you know, enabled, you know, I'm not helpless at all. Actually, I'm completely empowered. And isn't that the difference that you see in somebody who's confident? Somebody who's confident is completely empowered to to attack and to do and to and by attack I don't mean like beat people up I mean just like get at it and get things done they have they have the confidence but so many of us are like you know what that's not for me I'm, I'm not yeah. going to be able to I'm not going to be able to do that that's that's somebody else's better at that it's not for me and I'm here so, to challenge everybody that no 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 there's a whole another level of you if you master your own limits and your own mindset make sense so, yeah, it sure does. But my question would be, I mean, what, what steps do I take? Where do I begin in trying to figure out what limiting beliefs or limiting thoughts or limiting anything that I have inside me, and how do I attack it, if you will? What yeah, do I do? yeah. so the first thing would probably be, um, well, we should talk about the three steps. There's three big steps, and I think we could probably do a talk about each one in the future. Okay. Step one, without question, is to become aware. We've talked about it before. How do you become aware of what you're already saying? Because it's going on in the background for most of us, right? We walk through the world and that narrative of you can't afford that, that's not for you, you know, you're not going to be able to do this, whatever those limits are, right? Those, that story that we're telling ourselves about who we are and what's possible for us and all that, most of us it's unconscious because our whole life is out here. We're just dealing with out here. Well, the first step is to become aware, and I'll share a really interesting story. I first heard this from uh, Tony Robbins, right? He was saying, imagine being in a, um, like a big conference room, okay? And, and here's what the rule is. I'll give you the shortcut first. Awareness is curative all by itself. Just becoming aware of your limits disempowers them to some degree Immediately. I, I definitely have heard that, yes. Okay. So so step one is, let's go through the steps. Step one is to become aware. Step two is to challenge the beliefs. And step three is to implant something really powerful instead. Okay? So th- that's the big overview of how to do it. We'll talk about step one briefly here. We want to become aware. Why? Because awareness is curative. And, and a story for that is, heard from Tony Robbins, imagine you're in a conference room with, with chairs all over the place, Maybe in the center of the room there's big AV equipment that's filming the stage, and maybe there's exits exits some places, but you didn't really commit those to memory. They're somewhere. All of a sudden, all the lights go out. You're in the middle of the room, and there's no exit lights. There's no lights. There's no light coming in from the outside. It's literally pitch black, okay? Now, you decide you need to get out, and you could walk to the door. You could get there, but you'd have to walk, like, really carefully. You might bang into chairs. It would be very, very difficult because you're not aware 
of your surroundings. You don't have, you can't see the limits that are in your way. You can't see the chairs. So even if you were carefully going, you still might like bang yourself and whatever. But if all of a sudden in the middle of trying to get to the door, all the lights came on, now you can see all the chairs. Just becoming aware of the situation allows you to navigate everything. And you can just easily walk down an aisle and get right out of the room. No problem. So awareness itself is curative. As soon as we can turn on that light and go, oh, wait, that's how I'm thinking? What? Like, that's what I'm thinking about myself? That alone is hugely powerful. Mm -hmm. Now, I'll tell you, I'll tell you that one of the limits is if all of those chairs are piled up right in front of the door and you can't get out until you start moving them, that's a separate thing. That's how we have to start playing with them and actually changing them. But step one is just to become aware of them. And, you know, there's there's tons of ways to do that in, in programs that I have and all that stuff. Um, that sounds like a really good talk for another time. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know how much sense this makes, but what I really wanted to accomplish here is, like, where limits come from, okay? okay but uh, you said step one. Are you going to be going to step two? or? Well, step two is, I, I think it's a, probably a whole other talk, right? That's things okay. like um, uh, there's phenomenal people out there that, that, that teach this stuff and, and you know, uh, I teach this stuff and we can go through how challenging it, you know, how you do that, but I think that's sure. probably its own talk. Yeah. So I want to say that, that the first thing you would want to do to stop these limiting things in your life is just to be aware when they're going on. Well, yeah, and there's there's ways to do that. There's ways to brainstorm that out. So one way to do that is to start writing down any limiting thought that you can find about yourself, right? If you happen to become aware of it, you start writing down, you know, I, I'm not good enough. Uh, I'll never be rich. You know, I, I have my, you just start to look for like, how am I saying that? And another thing to say is, uh, you know, asking yourself why. If you, if you sort of feel limits or you feel frustrations or you hate certain people, right? Some of us say things like, um, you know, uh, rich people, are, you know, rich people are selfish and, and, you know, they come to me and they're like, I want to make more money. And then I go, well, great. How do you feel about money? Well, I love money. Money's fantastic. And they have that mindset about money. But then I say, well, how do you feel about wealthy people? And they go, you know what? Wealthy people are selfish and they're, they're greedy and they're manipulative and they're actually ruining our world with their big corporations. And I go, well, so tell me again how you feel about money. And they go, I love money. I, I want money. Well, your subconscious isn't going to let you become something that you resent. So yeah. we, have these, we, we have these mixed emotions about how we feel about money but how we feel about rich people. Well, if you're set to think that rich people are evil or bad or selfish or whatever, your subconscious mind will not allow you to become one of them. It just won't. Right? There's no way. So you have to pattern in, which is actually step three. Right? We challenge the negative ones. We have to pattern in new beliefs about what's going on with that that completely align with your subconscious. Right? And so we'll definitely go into that more in, in a later talk. But okay. does that make sense so far? Yeah, so it sure does. Step one is awareness. Step two is challenging what exists so that you can change them. Step three is patterning in uh, the new stuff that's wickedly useful. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Cool? Yeah, that's All good right. stuff. Man. Yeah, so where limits come from? They come from our ways of protecting ourselves. Uh, they come from they're unconscious because they just become true to us because it's, it's what our brain is set up to do to protect us against uh, these different hurts and things. Uh, one other thing, as an aside, I want to I kind of mention, I mentioned that your greatest strengths can, um, you know, your greatest limits or your most stuck points can become your greatest strengths, which really, just imagine that for a second. You know, for me, I use public speaking as an example, but for some people, it might be around money, 
right? It might be around they don't have good practices around money. If they figure out that that was due to a belief that rich people are evil, right, or whatever, um, as they heal that, they could become incredibly good at finances, right? Incredibly good at investment or making money. You know, for an entrepreneur, um, their biggest stuck point is like a fear of sales maybe, right? They hate making sales calls because they don't want to be rejected. If they solve that, they, I, I'm here to tell you that all of a sudden, one of their great, they could become the best at sales. That could become their strongest thing. And the reason that that swings, one of the reasons that that swings like that is because Oftentimes, our greatest kind of natural talents and our greatest natural strengths are what we're experimenting with when we're really young. So imagine somebody who's naturally really, really funny, right? So as a little yeah. kid, they're running around, and they're being really, really funny, but in that moment, their parent is overloaded, and they go, stop being funny. Like, cut it out. Like, just don't do that right now, right? And the kid's like, but I feel so natural. And right when they're in their most natural, expressed, awesome space – they get chopped down and told not to be that thing, okay? Right. So we start to suppress the very thing that we're most naturally amazing at, and it happens all the time. And, I can only and imagine it, would, yeah. It, it makes us be normal, and it makes society like, you know, whatever, but the people that are the most expressed and the most amazing are using their natural talents, and they're completely confident in them, and they can completely express them. And so for so many people, that might be, you know, for, for a little girl who's pretty, right, all of a sudden she's being prettier than others, and it sounds weird, but parents often want you to fit in rather than stand out because they're worried for you or they're trying to protect you. And so all of a sudden they're like, you know, hey, don't don't wear that. Start start doing this, or they ask you to dress down, or they ask the funny kid to be quiet, or, you know, the one who's really this. And we think that we're constantly building them up, but often even in the buildup we're putting too much pressure on the kid, and they're getting this mis mixed matched um, message about their sure. own strengths. Does that make sense? Sure. It does make sense. It's it's a, it's it's a delicate balancing act with children, I think, just simply because I mean it's it's one thing I've learned is that you don't know anybody else's reality, so you should never try to interpret someone's reality with what you know. You, even as parents, we have to parent, but at the same time, you have to be cognitive, cognizant, I should say, that, um, of, of that that aspect. Just being aware of you know if that's their reality, whatever's going on with them. Try to be what they are. It's 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 delicate, I know, but uh, yeah. yeah, it does make sense. It does make sense. So the so the, the thing there is not not it's a parenting lesson maybe right so as we're, as many of us are parents or whatever we're we're looking at how to best raise our child the shortcut there is honestly to make the child feel okay uh, right. as they Whoever are they right are. So they are, yeah. if they're angry like that's not a bad thing like just acknowledge and notice like oh I bet you're angry that's really hard like let them actually have their feelings the the shortcut that's wrong that's happened to so many of us is what you are is not right stop being angry stop being right. funny stop right. Literally, stop being what you are is the message that so many of us got that has literally made us feel completely limited. So to wrap this up and not go too far down you know, the rabbit hole, I promise you that your greatest limits, the things that you're most stuck about, are very, very likely going to be your greatest strengths as soon as you address them. Become aware of the limits and recode them, right? Yes, And so absolutely. that's what I think we're committed to going through here and uh, – and, and just real, real quick, just because I'm a, a father of four, you know, I just want to touch base. You know, like, you know, the whole idea of mastering mindset, the idea we just talked about with the child having a reality, they're, they're actually angry. So let them be angry. Acknowledge that they're angry. Don't tell them they're not angry. Um, mastering mindset 
is an ongoing process and something that since I've, you know, I've reconnected and talked about these things, it's something I've really wanted to work on. I've seen a dramatic change and some good changes in my children and in our relationship. And as far as my interpretation of them, I just wanted to bring that up because I do appreciate that we worked on that and something that was really beneficial for me. Awesome, dude. That means a lot. I, I really appreciate that. I want to, I want to talk about it. Not only is it, is it ongoing, right? But it's also immediate. There's also big, huge, huge immediate jumps, benefits, yeah. Right. So, so while it's a commitment to knowing how to do it and to applying it in the next situation that comes up, etc., that's where it's like a continual thing. Um, but it's also if you free yourself of the big limit that you have, it's in that moment you're then forever changed. Like, and all of a sudden yeah. it's like you have this new level of awareness that's like holy what like I had no idea I had this, these it's, abilities this possibility absolutely 100% true and, and I, what I found is even when you slip and go back to your old habit you're still consciously aware that you just did that mm-hmm. and that, that in itself is part of like you said it's curative I'm aware that I just slipped again and did my old habit of just you know falling into an old way of thinking but I'm aware so it's automatically making that impact of change and it, it is from that point on it's, 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 it's there You've got That's it. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, dig it. So why don't we wrap this up right there? And uh, thank you so much. And we'll do we'll do another one of these really soon. Appreciate it. Love talking to you. Awesome, brother. Talk soon. Hey, man. Bye. Later.